Hello, everybody. Welcome to Capital Sports 2.0. Today, we will be talking about all the hottest um, movies and documentaries on Netflix. So we have uh, our man in Moscow, Alan Moore. Hey, Alex. Hello. And we have our man in Siberia, Mr. Andrew Flint. How are you? I'm not bad, Alex. How are you? I'm fantastic. So um, without further ado, let's get right into the some of the best movies. So I'm going to start off with my favorite movie. So, um, well, I mean, my favorite sports movie that I think you guys should watch. So that I've mentioned this about a year ago on the show, but Bleed for This with Miles Teller may be one of the best boxing movies I've ever seen. Now, it's unlike any other boxing movie, which is why I'd like to talk about it, because when the main character fights, you don't really know like if he's going to win or like what's, what's going to be the results of the fight, which is, you know, and like all these movies, like I said, Rocky before, but in Rocky, like, you know, you know, Rocky's going to win, but in this movie, <laughs> you never really know. So it's the story of Vinny Pazienza, who was a champion uh, at his time, and he suffered a neck injury. So he had to come back to the, into the world of boxing and eventually take on Robert, Roberto Duran, who was one of the best boxers ever. So, um, Alan, what, uh, what say you? I remember I, I watched, of course, uh, the Pasmanian Devil, uh, Pazienta fight. I was, I was never a huge fan of his. Um, he kind of caught Duran when Duran was already like you're kind of shop worn, but at the same time, he, he was he was a very impressive fighter. There was a lot of very good fighters around that time in that division, like around the, the well, actually throughout boxing in the in the nineties, um, the eighties, early nineties. Um, I saw the movie. It was it was a tough one because I preferred and I'm just blanked the name. I re- I remember the moment. There was one about uh, the guy in Boston who his brother was played by Batman. What do you call him? The the Batman guy. Oh, uh, Ben Affleck. No, the other guy who like loses all his weight and gets fat. He, oh, Christian Bale, right? Christian Bale, yeah. So I remember not that, the same movie. That's not the same movie. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I, 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 I know that. I'm just saying as a. As an alternative, so um, and I just I'm blanked. He fought Shay. He fought. Oh God! He fought in England. I saw him fight in England as well. But he's an American guy who's kind of like up and down. His brother's a drug addict. So on. The the bleed for this. Yeah, I mean, Pazienza. He was never kind of a really likable character in in many ways. He was kind of rough around the edges. Uh, but he was he was impressive. The movie's good in itself. It, it wouldn't be my top boxing movie. I still go with Rocky Four. But I would, um, <laughs> I would, I'm telling you, Rocky Four is oh, everything. Man, I tried, I tried. Rocky Four has a great soundtrack. Rocky Four has drugs, it has love, it has death, it has man love, it has everything. And it also has Bridget Nielsen, which is at her finest. So <laughs> I, I, I can't I, argue with that. <laughs> so I, I'm okay. Bleed, bleed for this. Yeah, great movie, lots of fun. But uh, it, it's not my top movie, but it's definitely, definitely, I would agree, it's one definitely worth watching. Uh, Andrew? With at the moment, everybody's watching a whole ton of movies. I'm actually going back watching films that I've watched, you know, like 10, 15 years ago. And there's one that I did mention on a previous show briefly, but I, I find it absolutely fascinating um, called In the Hands of the Gods. It's a group of freestyling footballers. They all of them have challenging lives in the UK, and they all meet up and they say, Look, their, their idol is Diego Maradona, and they want to meet him but they just, they, they, they don't have the money. 
um, to do so, which I actually later, when I became more cynical, found rather amusing because they have an entire film crew following them, an old production company, which probably could just say, well, here's the tickets, there you go. But anyway, let's, let's ignore the fact that cameras are following them. And they start, they start in New York, they travel through the States and they have to make their way to Buenos Aires. Um, and they do, they do these unbelievable football freestyling busking on the street shows. And they have to hustle their way into bigger venues where they can, you know, they come on the pitch at halftime in an MLS game, simply, simply fall by the wayside because they don't quite have that fighting spirit to think, I've just got to keep on working. I've got to keep doing another three or four shows to raise money. Uh, but two of them eventually, was it three of them, in fact, they actually do make it to his house and they get on a TV show in Argentina begging Maradona to let them meet him and, and eventually, at the end, they do. And it's, you know, it's, it's a bit reality TV-esque, but they show you how football is received, how people on the street love it, um, all the way through Latin America, and, and they meet their idol. All that's right. Fun. All you need to do is just buy a big bag of cocaine. <laughs> the Colombian exchange. I think by the, by the looks of the faces of one of the guys, I think he'd already had it, so um, there wasn't any left for Diego. Yeah, <laughs> okay. All right, so what's the movie called? Uh, In the Hands of the Gods. Uh, right. A play on um, every Englishman's worst nightmare. <laughs> and is this on Netflix? Uh, oh, actually, I hadn't checked it specifically on Netflix. Oh, I should okay. have done that. Um, I, it's, it's quite old. It's about 20 years old, 15, 20 years old. So uh, possibly a bit niche for Netflix. <laughs> uh, well, In the Hands of God has my vote this week for best for... This, well, the alternative being Rocky Four, which I'll never watch. <laughs> but yeah, this Alex, have you have you seen the movie Slapshot? Uh no, no, I have not. You oh, is it know. about the goalie who who makes the mask? No, that's uh, oh, no. That, that's that's the Frenchy guy. What you call him? Uh, <laughs> Richard, that's the that's the forward. No, the go- Oh God, yeah. He no no. Slapshot is um, Paul Newman. Uh, it's the it's like the the triplets the the Olsen not the Olsen twins that's something different. It's the the triplet guys, the Hanson brothers, the Hanson brothers, and it's basically a failing uh, minor league hockey team, the Charlestown Chiefs, and it's mm-hmm. just to use brutality to fill the arena. And it's just it's one of those full. It's 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 hilariously funny. There's one this guy called Ogie Ogleson. This uh, he's like Canadian. He was deport. He was deported from Canada to go to America to play hockey in Canada because he was so violent. He was deported from America back to Canada and Canada refused to accept him. So it was like, <laughs> it's that kind of movie. It's, it's so it's quite like the Goon movies. Yeah, 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 exactly. Ah, uh, yes. We, we all know the, the genre. Goon, Goon is actually... Have you seen, uh, have you seen the, second, the second Goon where, where they had Stephen Amell as like the even goonier Goon? The first Goon movie is fun and it's on uh, Netflix. As well. Yeah, right, they are. The Goon yeah. movies are on, are on Netflix. So for all you Netflix subscribers out there, there's, Goon. there's always it's that. And on that note, gentlemen, documentaries. So I actually have a very good one this, this, this week. Uh, <laughs> It's called. It's going to be on Netflix Mar- uh, April 20th, so that's going to be in about a week, and it is called The Last Dance, and it is about the most iconic basketball team ever, the 90s Bulls, Michael Jordan. This is great. Well, it's first of all, it's going to have all the footage from the 
playoffs, like in the locker room, like all the drama that's going on because, you know, they had Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, all these guys who always, you know, like to give the peace of their mind. So, yeah, and that's also great for anybody who wasn't really old enough to or didn't really grow up at that time and to watch Michael Jordan play for all the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a LeBron fan because, if, you know, I haven't really seen Kobe or Michael play. So, you know, there, there's that, The Last Dance coming out on Netflix. And, and is it a multi-part series, Alex? Uh, yes, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be one season and it's just going to be footage from those, from those games. And, well, yeah, for any, for any basketball fan, this is obviously a must-see, so I'm very excited for this. No, that's, that's uh-huh. terrific. Because I, I do, I think these like the the the, the flying the wall documentaries are very, very good. And in fairness, uh, even though they're done quite well in Europe, they're done quite well by you know British or Irish in America, North America. They do them so much better because media cameras are in the dressing rooms, which which right. baffles me. Where in uh, NHL, M- NBA, NFL, reporters go into the changing rooms after the game. I mean, they do. That that could never, and I mean, it leads to all sorts of like some strange incidents. Like, but for me, I, you know, and then it, I, I just don't understand that how a journalist goes into a dressing room, there's all these like naked athletes walking around. Well, I could say, unless it's women's sport, that sounds really, really, no, I mean, right. it's just like, it's crazy, it's absolutely crazy. So, th- this sounds good. Um, do, do, has there any clips played for it or any, any sort of like promos on it, Alex? Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen the promo and. Obviously, like they have interviews with people, with including like Steve Kerr, who's obviously like the coach of the Golden State Warriors right now. He played for that team. There's like all these guys. Everybody, everybody says what they think. And it was also uh, in the '90s, the end, early 2000s. Actually, the NBA was it kind of had its own like attitude era of like the of sort of what they had in the WWF translated in the NBA because it was sort of like this the Wild West. It was like you had people fighting fans. You had referees fighting players like all this stuff and um well yeah it's like to hear what the thoughts that were going through their heads as they're about to capture their like third fourth championship what what's what's sorry what's your documentary alan there's a few documentaries out right are, are very very good there's one on cycling uh with team movie star which is um the perfect day i think it is or it's a bit odd the one sunderland till i die is very very good but you need to be oh I tried watch. I tried watching that about a couple of days ago. Well, I mean, I started it. It's a, it's a work in progress because I, I wanted to um, sort of relate. I wanted to understand what you guys are talking about when you talk. So <laughs> I was trying to watch that. But yeah, it does. It is. It, it does look pretty interesting. That is. It is. It is a good documentary. It, it, it's a tough one to follow. It's kind of like you, you see a whole city and <laughs> it's based around sport. Um, it, it is a good one. One that it's not. Um, yeah, the team movie star one is very very good. It's so insane, and nothing ever comes about drugs. It's just like kind of oh, they they win the Giro d'Italia, and so so it's it's a bit it's sanitized, but still it's good. It's good to watch it and what goes on behind it, and you don't feel anything for it. Like it's not like you don't feel interested. It's just kind of interesting to see what's going on behind the scenes in the cycling team. The Formula One one, Drive for Glory, is quite interesting as well. But the one that isn't on Netflix that I really it was actually you and Peter P put me onto was. Dark Side of the Ring. Last week, part two of the Chris Benoit story was on. Oh, right. Oh, my God. I mean, it had everything from um, steroid abuse, for example. Um, It was an amazing when when Chris Benoit, of course, because Chris Benoit, the the very famous wrestler, was always said that he was too small for wrestling. But 
became quite you know strong and worked his way up and was terrific wrestler. I thought he was a great wrestler myself. Um, he murdered his wife and his youngest child. Uh, I think committed suicide, but it was it, it was just you need to watch it to see how it all played out. But WWF then they were taping, I think, the next day after this came out and decided that they would put a kind of a, a tribute out to him. So they everyone coming on, some people in tears, and we go like, you know, we, we, we do we love you, our thoughts are with you. William Regal. Mm. William Regal. He yeah. the, he this was the this and then it was all oh, right, the the Lord. Like the, yeah, the yeah, Lord yeah. William. <laughs> and when he when, <laughs> He was brilliant, and he and he just stood there, and he was like the ultimate heel. Everyone hated him, uh, oh, no. and and he turned around and went like, um, uh, so I forget what it was. I'll have to look and see what exactly what he said. I'll, I'll find a clip and play it in a few minutes because it was like he was like, uh, there's more to this story than meets the eye. Uh, kind of, he's not the, the guy you think he is. And then afterwards, people realized he lived in the same town as Chris Benoit. Knew what Chris Benoit was like that he was like violent, like you know doper he was an alcoholic he was totally messed up dark side of the ring for me not everyone of the first it's the second season now but it's it's so good it it, it opened my eyes to what's going on um so dark side of the ring has a great documentary series on vice sports vice sports right no it's actually i, I heard the phone call, like uh eddie guerrero who was like another wrestler he was a big or sorry it was Eddie Guerrero's younger brother. I forgot his name, but he was Chris Benoit's like best friend. And he was talking about the phone call that when he heard about what happened with Chris, and it was just like the way he tells it is just chilling. And now, um, Andrew, this is this is your time. Sell us on your on your best <laughs> documentary. I, I I won't go. I'll bring a slightly different tone, I guess. Um, for me, with when it comes to sport documentaries, and um, it's hard to pick one when it's about a. a a bunch of players, uh, a team that is so well known and and still be original. And I'm not saying it necessarily is the uh, the cutting insight that nobody's ever heard. But for me, the I I'm a Manchester United fan, as you all know. And the class of '92, I absolutely loved. Not because it told me anything new about the information behind the players, but just seeing the six great Manchester United players sitting around a table together. I know it sounds really basic, but it's literally that part alone that, that I love about it. The footage of Manchester United in the 1990s has been seen by billions and billions of people. So it's not, it's not the new content. It's not the unsides. It's not the unseen side that, you know, um, gives you a whole new perspective. But when you've got David Beckham, who's a global superstar, who brought who goes across any sport everybody knows him um and then you see somebody like for example Nicky Butt who is a very unglamorous footballer and he still plays a big part at Manchester United he, he runs the academy sides and and yet almost nothing is known about his his private life how they interacted together for me is fascinating you imagine David Beckham as the superstar but you know, and he, he is very comfortable in front of the camera, which is not much of a surprise. But, you know, Nicky Butt was the leader of the team then. And, mm -hmm. and he wasn't the best player, but they looked to him. And they, they talk about the Champions League final where uh, Roy Keane was suspended, Paul Scholes was suspended for the biggest game in their club career. And Nicky Butt comes into the team and they, they all said, we were looking to Nicky to sort us out. He was the guy who looked after us when we were, when we were kids. 
And I, that sort of interaction for me was something that you just, it has to be natural or it doesn't work at all. You can't do a documentary on that itself, but it naturally happened. And I thought it was, I thought that alone was great. I love that. Uh, now, is this a series or is it a movie? Uh, it, well, it was, it's all a, a documentary film, really. It was just, a, it was a one-off, uh, I know, feature length, but um, it was about seven, eight years ago, I think it was, when it came out. Um, I wish it was a series. I'd like to see them. Um, how they, behind the scenes, how they were friends together. It's not the sport we already know about, but, you know, how they interacted together for me was to keep up. Okay, so um, so what's the what's the name of the documentary and where where can we um, find? It? It's, it's called the Class of '92. Uh, <laughs> I, I unfortunately it's not on Netflix. Um, I should next time I will stick to Netflix. I think to make it easier to access. But um, it is. I think you can. I'm not entirely sure where to get it from. If I'm being brutally honest, but it certainly was out in the UK uh, across the world. I'm not so sure though. I think it might actually be. I think it might actually be on Netflix, or maybe that's about ninety-two. There's one called ninety-two as well uh, for the Danish football team. Um, yes, there is the Danish one. Yes, yeah. When, um, they, when they won the European, I, I haven't seen it on Netflix, but I, I've seen it on a streaming service somewhere. It might be Amazon Prime, I think. Alex, can I play for you the um, the the clip from William Regal? I just found it right now. Would that be okay? I would. I would love that. Okay, yes. so th th this is it, folks. This is William Regal remembering Chris Benoit. This is on the Raw tribute, uh, Raw as in the WWE tribute uh, for Chris Benoit, which then they pulled when they found out what had happened. So here's William Regal, the ultimate, well, one of the ultimate heels of wrestling and uh, what he says about uh, Chris Benoit. It's a later day. I'll be quite happy to sit here and tell you all the things about Chris Benoit that I'd like to tell you. Um, And at that, he is the only of the WWE stars who then, right after he gave that speech, he got up and walked off camera. And for me, it was very, if you saw it, you think like, it's, he wasn't emotional. He was very, very cold, very, very cool. And all I'm prepared to say is this, because he knew, he knew exactly what had gone on. He knew Chris Benoit. And it's one of those moments in time where you kind of go, Maybe when we're giving tributes to people who just died, we should be very, very careful. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Um, Andy Mack was telling me about a tribute written about Boris Johnson that if he, because he was in intensive care, and you have to write a, a tribute like if he passed away or if he was going to die. And the one that was written by someone in, well, Russia today, uh, that I heard from you, it was just like, it was terrible. It was kind of laughing about him. Like, ha, ha, ha. Like, you say that, you're not afraid of coronavirus and then you die of it. Ha, ha, ha. Like this kind of sneering kind of element. William Regal, for me, that was great. The way he just said it like, and, and when you see the video in his face, it was like, oh, very, very cool. I mean, because usually WWE is over the top because when Chris Benoit was remembering Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, he was crying. 
he couldn't stop crying live. Did Eric, Eddie Guerrero, did he commit suicide as well, Alex? I'm not entirely sure what the cause. I know that his death was premature, certainly. I'm not entirely sure on the cause. But yeah, like as you were saying, like when all those guys come out, when you have William Regal coming out and saying all this and, well, you know, like what the typical WWE talk, like it's easy to forget that these are real people. They have real relationships with uh, other uh, other wrestlers. And um, the fact that he's like a heel in real life. And when obviously like whenever they have something like this on WWE, when they come out and talk as themselves not as their characters like it's always well it's always something to watch for sure yeah because most of these people aren't even anywhere near like the way they are on tv you know it's not really the same with the ufc because in the u in like or like boxing because you know fighters they will say something to sell their match but at the same but like they're not playing characters they're there as themselves it, it, it seems that, uh, sorry, that uh, Guerrero, he died of like, um, well, I guess a, a heart attack, uh, but it seemed to have been brought on by uh, heavy steroid use. That's, that, that, that's what they, they kind of, they, they, they came to, because himself and Benoit, uh, they came together in, they used to wrestle in Japan, and then they came together into the right. and so on. Right. With, um, what's the guy, he was a big, big guy, Perry, Perry Saturn, wasn't it? I'm not aware. He's a huge big guy. I think Sable used to be his manager. Um, <laughs> and, sorry, and and Dean Makarenko. Dean Makarenko as well. Remember him? Mm, I do not. No? Okay. <laughs> no, none of, none of these. No, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, this again, this comes from the same sort of like dark side of the ring because, um, you know, uh, he said that Chris Benoit was the hardest working guy. You had guys like Chris Guerrero, like dying. Oh, Eddie, sorry, Eddie Guerrero, you know, dying from, you know, prematurely from all the from all that strain on their bodies. You know, they're um, as we talked before, like their um, their medical insurance just sucks, and they have yeah. to they keep working into like into. Well, we had the Undertaker who only retired like last year, I think, and he's been there like. Well, before my time, he's been there since the eighties. Like, no, I remember him. You know, I remember him like the 80s. Undertaker, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, thankfully he's okay. But all right, well, gentlemen, both of you, thank you very much for coming on to our show. Alan, have a have a great uh, week and stay safe. I will. We have big lockdown in Moscow tomorrow, but um, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to still have to work, but you know, like, uh, do, do you do you need a permit in Moscow to leave your house? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's basically really. It. Yeah, if you go to a different. Mm. Uh, Rayon or region of the city, district of the city. Um, and on Tuesday, we have like the election. Well, we have elections in the university, have to get a special pass to go vote. So it's kind of oh. it, 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 it's very Russian. You, know, you, need a, you need a special permission to go. How, 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 do you get, how do you get the pass? Don't you need to leave the house to get the pass, though? That's <laughs> all right. Well, it's Russia, baby. It's Russia. Andrew, thank you very much for coming on to my show. It's always, always a pleasure to have your uh, football expertise. And yeah, thank you. And stay safe. Stay safe in Siberia. Well, actually, thank you for holding such a slick show. You know, it's, it makes a, a pleasant change after Alan's completely happy to show you. No, just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Oh, the stuff. worst. Just kidding. Uh, Listen, something need, something needed to be changed, and you know they, they heard us, and uh, yeah, we, we got a text in between our in between the two shows, so that's there's gonna be well, all right.
that's all the, that's all the time we had. So thank you, everybody, and uh, have a have a great week. Thank you. Now if you ever made your friend, it's a course I recommend Cause you're right, uh.